Hello everybody, welcome back. Good evening, this uh, week is Parshas Bamidbar, and we're going to be learning the halachas of Yantiv and of Shavuos. So when preparing for Shavuos every year, same question is, how can you use one oven um, for both mir, uh, milchig and fleshig for dairy and meat? So the answer is luckily pretty simple. There's two ways you can do that. The, the simple way is to burn out the oven. And the way you burn out the oven in between meat to dairy or dairy to meat is to just turn on the oven on to the highest. You do not have to self-clean. You could just turn the oven on to the highest it goes, other five, 500, 550 is fine, um, and let it burn out for about 45 minutes, for 45 minutes to an hour. And, um, and then that's sufficient. Another option is, which uh, generally will be the option you need for yantiv, because on yantiv, obviously, you can't burn it out if you're switching between milchig and fleshig. So the other option is you can uh, see to it that your oven doesn't get affected by the food that you put into it. So what you do is to just make sure your food is covered. And if your food is covered, then it doesn't make a difference. So if you are uh, cooking chicken in your oven, so your oven is is fleshig, it's a meat oven, um, and then you want to heat up a lasagna, so as long as the lasagna is covered, that won't be an issue, and that's fine. So, uh, or vice versa, let's say your oven is dairy, and you're heating up chicken, but the chicken you're heating up covered, again, it won't be a problem. So, one or the other needs to be covered, and the, then the oven will retain whatever status it had. Additionally, the other items do not even have to be covered at all. For example, uh, if you're putting challah in your oven, then it doesn't make a difference. If your oven is dairy or a fleshig, the challah will remain parav. And that's because challah is a dry item. And dry items do not, um, do, do not uh, get the oven, take on the oven's uh, identity one way or another. Uh, likewise, a kugel is generally going to be dry. A quiche may or may not be. It depends you know, how much liquid's in it. But uh, dry items you do not have to worry about at all. In terms of putting it into the oven with nothing else in it. However, you know, if you're going to put in a dry item together with a wet item, for example, if you'll have uncovered chicken together with your challah in the oven, now that will be an issue because the chicken, being that it's uncovered, will make everything else in the oven fleshy. So that's where you'll run into an issue. So the rule is, is that the dry item for itself won't cause a problem and won't necessarily have an issue as far as the oven is concerned. The only thing you need to be concerned is about what the other things in the oven are. So, on Yantiv, in, in a nutshell, your, the way to approach it is that whatever your oven is, if you want to put a different thing in it, if your oven is fleshigs and you want to put something milchig in it, if your oven is, da- is dairy, you want to put something meat in it, so then make sure that if it's a liquidy thing you're putting in, it should be covered, and then you're good to go. And uh, what also happens a lot, uh, specifically on preparation for Shavuos, when you're kind of simultaneously preparing milchig and fleshig, is that you run into trouble when it comes to cutting onions. And uh, that the onions is really the place, or onions, garlic too, lemons maybe. Uh, the, these are things that when you cut them with one kind of knife, uh, or you fry them in one kind of pan, they actually take on that those characteristics. So if you cut an onion with a fleshig knife, it becomes fleshig. If you then saute it in a milchig pan, your onions are treif and your pan is treif. 
uh, and that's not good. And then if you put those onions into something else, then that becomes strafe. So, you know, it keeps on going. So it's uh, it's not a way to go, um, and it needs to be avoided. Likewise, if you're um, sautéing onions in a fleshiga pan and you mix it with a milchiga spoon. So in particular, this time of year, when all those utensils are lying around because both of them are being in use, it's very important to be careful. And as a rule, as, as, as much as possible, try to cut the onions, garlic, and lemon with a parav knife, so at least that part is taken care of. That part won't affect it. So as long as you cut them with parav, so at least at the cutting point they're stayed parav, and you know what happens afterwards happens afterwards. But uh, that 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 is something to be very careful about. And uh, should it mess up, you know, definitely call. Uh, there are leniencies depending. It's a little bit complicated, but there are leniencies. So don't assume that you've trafed up your whole kitchen. You haven't necessarily done so. Um, now, as far as having a milchia meal on Shavuos, the minig is to eat dairy on Shavuos. Um, different reasons for it, either because that may be what the Jews ate immediately after Matan Tyre because they didn't have the ability to properly prepare fleshigs. Uh, other reasons actually are, are the more, the, the, even though that's a very well-known reason, that's not actually the main reason given. The main reason given is that the tire is compared to milk. Milk is something that is, uh, symbolizes sustenance, and, you know, as that's how the, uh, uh, a mother nurses her baby. It's the, the original pure sustenance that a, child, that a human gets. So that's the, that's the way we perceive tire as a, a pure, undiluted uh, source of sustenance for cholesterol. So that's, when, that's what we're supposed to be having in mind when we eat um, the the dairy products. There is there's also uh, an interesting approach that the Ramah takes that some people do, many people don't, but it's good to know. His approach is is that we're trying to symbolize the Shtehalachem, which is the particular unique carbon that was brought on Shavuos. Was, it wasn't actually put on the Mizbeach. They had two sh- uh, number of sheep that were put on the Mizbeach, but then they had two loaves of bread that were called the Shtehalachem, and that symbolized the two Luchas, symbolized other things. And that those were eaten by the Kahanim on Shavuos, and that was a very unique carbon to Shavuos. So, in order to symbolize that, if we have one meal, he says, which is both milchig and fleshig, so then you have to have two loaves of bread because you can't use the same challah for a milchig meal and for a fleshig meal. They has to, the challah has to be that's for milchig has to be used for milchig and for fleshig used for fleshig. So, if you have one meal that you switch from milchig to fleshig, so you're gonna have to take out a new loaf of bread to eat with the second half of your meal. So this way, you'll be symbolizing the shteyalachem, the two loaves of bread. I mention this because it's actually important for the halachic ramification, which is it's important not to do that, which is that in your milk meal, the challah you use in your milk meal, don't use it in your fleshig meal, and vice versa. Because challah on the table for either milk or fleshig gets the status of milk or fleshig and can only be used for that. Same thing goes actually every week. Uh, leftover challah, if it was on the fleshig table, cannot be made into French toast, or at least not into milk or French toast with milk. You can't do that. Uh, because it has it has to be considered fleshig. It won't make you fleshig. It's not that kind of fleshig, but it it is treated as fleshig, which is you can't put butter on it and you can't you can't eat it with milk. Um, as far as yantiv is concerned, so uh, you need to have uh, to this this year this year is, it's uh, Arab Shabbos, so we're going to make an Arab tefshilin. So you light on Arab yantiv and then you light on the first day yantiv before Shabbos, like you would do on any Arab Shabbos. Um, and it's important to make an Arab tefshilin, even if you have no other reason to make an Arab tefshilin. Uh, you should make it for that reason alone because you want to be able to light your nearest Shabbos and you need an Erev Tefshilin to do that as well because you're lighting on Yantiv. So you need an Erev Tefshilin for that. And in addition, you need to prepare a yard side lacht, you know, in uh, 24 hours so that you'll have something to light from in order to be able to light that, uh, the, 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 the candles on the, 
on, on Yontif for Shabbos. And in addition, if you are uh, observing a yard site because of Yizkar, you should have a separate one for that purpose. You should have an, uh, a dedicated Yizkar candle for, uh, for whoever it is you're saying Yizkar for. And if you forgot to light the Yizkar candle on Erev Yantiv, you are, it's not L'Chadchilo, but if you forgot, you could light it on Yantiv, but ideally the way you should do it is you should try to put it together with your Shabbos Neiris so that when you're lighting it, it is producing some light, L'Chavit Shabbos, and thereby it's a Tzarech Yantiv, it's for the sake of Yantiv, not just for the sake of Haskaras Neshamas, which that in and of itself may or may not be allowed to light on Yantiv, but when you're doing it, if you do it that way, if you put it there, then, uh, then it's okay. One of the things you can't do on Yantiv is you're not allowed to extinguish a flame on Yantiv. So when you light your candles on the first day of Yantiv for Lukavit Shabbos, you uh, have to figure out a way to do it without needing to extinguish anything. So you can't really use a candle, a third, another candle to light your nearest and then put it out. Uh, what you would need to do is find a place to put that candle so it can burn out. So you have to figure out a way to do it. I'm sure this is not the first rodeo. You've done this before, but that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, if you have an uh, electric oven, there is no way to change anything. You can't change the temperature on the range. You can't change the temperature on the stove. Even if you have a Shabbos mode, you can't push any buttons. Um, but uh, it, uh, what you could do... Uh, if you have a gas stove, is you could lower the flame under food, which will get burned if you don't lower the flame. So uh, even if you're just doing it because you want the flame to be low for the rest of Yantiv, but if as long as you do it in that fashion, which is that the food that's on the flame, if you leave it there, it's going to get burned, and you lower the flame, that's the only way that it's permitted to lower a flame um, on Yantiv. I think I see a question here in the chat. Someone asked, is it true that it's preferred to light the Yortzeit candle before Yantiv starts? Yes. So like I said, it's preferable to do that for that reason, because it's not clear whether it's permitted to be lit on Yantiv, if it's a tzer- it's not clear it's a Tzarek Yantiv. <clears throat> um, this year, as I mentioned, we're making an Erev Tavshilin, so whenever you make an Erev Tavshilin, you can cook everything you need for Shabbos, you could do it on Friday. But uh, what's important to remember is that it needs to really uh, be cooked in advance enough that you will it will be edible on Yantiv before it becomes Shabbos. And therefore, this is not one of the times that you can put up your chant last minute, that you can't do. If you really literally forgot to put up your chant, you can't, uh, if, it's only, if it's not going to be edible on Yantiv. The truth is, we're making early Shabbos on Yantiv, or early second day Yantiv, uh, the, and and uh, the Paiskim actually suggests you do that for this reason, that if you bring in Shabbos early, so then you're guaranteed that you'll have your food up, put up early enough, before your Mechabal Shabbos at least, and then it will be essentially edible on what's really still uh, Yantiv, even though we've... Um, you know, taken on Shabbos early, but at least it's still really yontiv, so you will have, it's a good way to ensure that you don't run into this problem. So again, it's important to make sure that you uh, you put up things in time. And it's a little tricky because on the first day of yontiv, we have our suda very late, right? So you have your suda at one o'clock, and who knows what it ends, three o'clock, and then you go to rest, and by the time you wake up, it may already be uh, six o'clock when everybody's running out to Mincha. So it's important to uh, keep this in mind and, and prepare and adjust uh, accordingly. On, on Yantiv, there are a number of malachas which are the, allowed for the sake of food preparation and similar needs. 
So of those, lush, uh, mixing, that's allowed. Grinding and chopping, which is teichein, is also allowed on, for the most part, there's some exceptions if you do it in of the dechal, like, you know, whatever. There's certain ways you can't, but most, for the most part, you're allowed to. Um, but uh, squeezing, it's good to know, squeezing fruits and vegetables, which is dosh or schita, that's actually the same yontiv and Shabbos. You can't do that on yontiv, the same way you can't do it on Shabbos, and you can only do it in the way that's permitted on Shabbos. Um, Bayer is generally allowed on yontiv, just that there is a caveat. You, you have to, uh, you do it actually the opposite from what you do it on Shabbos, or, or uh, sometimes the opposite, which is on Shabbos you always have to take the good from the bad, and you have to take it immediate, for immediate use. So on Yantav you don't, but you need to take the one that's easier to take out, right? So let's say if you have a big pile of knives and forks, um, and uh, what you need is some knives, and you're not doing it for now, you're setting the table for tomorrow morning. So you'd be allowed to take the knives, the problem is that being that there's a few forks, it's easier to remove the forks, because there's only a three or four of them, so even though technically all you want is knives, you, the way you would need to do it for Yantiv is to remove the forks, because that's easier to do. So you always have to do better on the one that's easier to do, and then, uh, and then that, that's the way it's allowed on Yantiv.